Hello, my name is Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. You can find me on my website, livetoone10.com. I have lots of information on there for you about diet, lifestyle, supplementation, detoxification, and how to heal your health conditions naturally. Today we have Dr. Carrie Drizga on the site on the, the podcast today. She is a chiropractor and naturopathic doctor, and she's going to be talking to us about how you reduce brain fatigue. A lot of people have fatigue in their lives, and it's not necessarily from body fatigue, but from brain fatigue. So you're, she's going to give you a lot of tips and tricks on how to improve your brain health and reduce brain fatigue. The Live to 110 podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your health care practitioner before engaging in any treatment that I suggest today or we suggest today on the show. Dr. Carrie Drizga is known as the functional medicine doc and the go-to expert on finding the root cause of health problems so that you can feel normal again. She is a chiropractor and naturopathic doctor and host of the popular podcast, The Functional Medicine Radio Show. She's also the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. And Dr. Carey's newest program, it's an online health program, is called Entrepreneurial Fatigue, How to Feel Your Body and Brain for Entrepreneurial Success. She has a private practice of fun, you know, with functional medicine in Ontario, located in Ottawa, Ontario, and you can find her at drcarrie.com, D-R-C-A-R-R-I.com. Hello, Carrie. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hi, Wendy. Thanks for having me on. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into functional medicine? Well, I guess first I'll start with functional medicine because a lot of people haven't heard about what that is. So functional medicine is about finding the cause, fixing the cause so that you can feel normal again. So basically find the cause means we look at the body as a whole because everything in your body really is connected. And we understand the intricacies between uh, hormone balance and brain health and digestion and the immune system and all of that because really it's all connected. And again, the goal is to find the root underlying cause and then treat that naturally, which usually means using diet, exercise, stress management, taking the right supplements, the herbs, using other kinds of natural treatments to really get your body back into balance so that you regain your health again and you feel normal again. So functional medicine is not uh, Band-Aid medicine, which is what most medicine is these days. It's about really getting to the cause and fixing it. So that's what functional medicine is. And so why is functional medicine important in helping to resolve the underlying causes of fatigue? Well, I guess if you never get to the root cause, the fatigue is always going to be there and you'll be on medications for life or you're just going to keep suffering for life. So I find actually a common story when patients come to see me and my private practice at Functional Medicine Ontario, I often hear them say, Dr. Carey, I've been to my family doctor. They've run all the tests. Everything is normal. The doctor doesn't know what's wrong. They told me I need to take a vacation or I need to take three months off of work on a burnout leave. Um, or my other option was to start an antidepressant. And patients know intuitively that there's something wrong inside. There's something out of balance. 
And so that's why they come to see me for functional medicine to really find what's wrong. Otherwise, like I said, you'll, you'll never get better. Yeah. And so what are some of the underlying causes of fatigue? Oh, that's a really good question. So in my book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, I outline eight out of the 14 basic causes that I found. So at the top of the list, the top two, which should always be checked. And these are the two things that medical doctors typically check. Um, first on the list is anemia. And second is thyroid. And actually, a lot of people have thyroid problems, even though they've been told their thyroid is normal. Yeah. And then above and beyond that, we have nutrient deficiencies. There can be food allergies and food sensitivities. There can be infections in the in the gut, like uh, parasite infections or uh, bacterial overgrowth or yeast infections. Um, there can be uh, imbalances within the brain. Uh, there can be many different reasons. So that kind of gives you an idea of some of the things that when a patient comes in, I'm checking for. Yeah, and when people have gut infections, since the gut makes so many neurotransmitters like serotonin, that can definitely cause an imbalance of neurotransmitters as well that promote fatigue. Exactly, exactly. And so one of the things, um, if I'm suspecting it's neurotransmitters, of course, in functional medicine, I'm always asking, in my head, I'm always saying like, okay, what's the cause of that? So if it's neurotransmitters, well, what's the cause of that? So um, like if we just bring it to the very basic fundamentals, a lot of people aren't eating enough protein in their diet. And protein, if you remember from science and biology, protein is like this big, long freight train and it gets broken down into amino acids, which are the individual train cars. And those amino acids are the building blocks of all of your neurotransmitters. So sometimes people aren't eating enough protein in their diet. And then along those lines also, some people just aren't digesting and absorbing their protein very well. So if they have a tendency to have low stomach acid or if they're not making enough digestive enzymes, they might be eating enough protein, but it's not getting into their bloodstream to then make the neurotransmitters. And, you know, a lot of my clients present with symptoms of gut infection. And I just presume that everyone that walks the door has a parasite (laughs) infection of some sort (laughs) because it's so common. Can you talk a little bit about how how common those are and how those can cause fatigue in the body? Absolutely. So it's funny, uh, Wendy, that you bring this up because I just had a patient in my office yesterday. He flew in from Cairo, Egypt to see me. And one of the big symptoms, he's got fatigue. He also has a foggy brain and poor memory, just feels aches and pains throughout his body. And of course, his doctor said everything is normal. Yeah. So I did a lot of testing on him and because he's only in my office for a short period of time before he flies back to Cairo. So one of the things I did was a complete stool analysis and I did an organic acids test. So I found three infections in him. I found an amoeba infection and H. pylori infection, which causes low stomach acid, which causes not enough good protein digestion and then lack of neurotransmitters. And then the third was a yeast infection. And people would think like, well, well, how would I ever get infections? Because the reality is they're extremely common. So you are at most risk for having a gut infection or some critter living in your stomach or intestines. Uh, One, if you've been on birth control pills at any time in your life, like for a long period of time, 
Um, if you are a frequent user of painkillers and anti-inflammatories, that, uh, that is a big underlying cause of SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Let's see, uh, uh, antibiotics, of course. Yeah. So frequent antibiotic use. I know for myself, when I was a teenager, I had super bad acne. And so what do they do? They put you on tetracycline and other antibiotics like just for months and years on end, and that can really wreck your gut. But what the research is finding with antibiotics is that one round of antibiotics can mess up your intestines for about four years. Wow. So we talked about birth control pills, painkillers, antibiotics, and then the other one that is a very frequent cause of infections is um, people that are using antacids and acid blockers. It's like... You need to understand that your stomach acid, one of the purposes of having nice, strong stomach acid is it sterilizes the food as it comes down because our food is loaded with mold and yeast and all kinds of stuff. So it sterilizes the food. And so if your stomach acid is being blocked by medication, it's like an open door for infections to come in and then just create chaos in your body. Yeah, yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about the brain's role in fatigue. Um, what things can cause uh, fatigue in the brain? So, um, so very fundamentally, if we think about the brain, the brain requires three basic things. So one is oxygen. Uh, the second is stimulation. And the third is nutrients, the biggest one being glucose. So if we just talk about the first, which is um, oxygen, I find... A lot of people have very poor circulation, like they have cold hands and cold feet, even a cold nose. Those are all signs of very poor circulation. And what that means is there's also not enough blood going into your brain. And so that can be a cause of fatigue and brain imbalance. And then uh, second on the list we, we said was stimulation. And some of the key things, I mean, you could do brain exercises and there's many different ways to do brain exercises like Sudoku and uh, online uh, brain learning games like Lumosity and all kinds of things like that. Or have and a, then, website, a health website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> read. Yeah. Uh, just read. Uh, reading and learning new things. That's a really good way to stimulate your brain. And then the other thing is exercise, like physical movement. Uh, neurologically is very complex and that creates a lot of stimulation for the brain as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we talked about oxygen, uh, stimulation, and then the last thing was uh, glucose or getting adequate nutrition. And a lot of people, they're eating too much sugar, too much carbs, and they're like on a blood sugar roller coaster. And that certainly impacts brain health. So those are three basic ways. And there's lots of different things we can do to help make the brain stronger and healthier. Because when it comes to fatigue, most fatigue, if you think about it, most fatigue is brain-based fatigue. It's not so much physical fatigue, you know, like you were chopping wood all day. You would feel like physical fatigue, but your brain would still be sharp. But what most people are feeling is brain-based fatigue. So their brain is tired, but their body is fine. Some people are like tired, but wired also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so how do trans fats affect the brain? Because my understanding is that trans fats are kind of like these plasticizers that make the cell membranes really hard. And wouldn't, wouldn't that affect glucose getting into the cell? Exactly. It, it affects a lot of different things. So you just mentioned it, glucose getting into the cell. So 
if we just take a couple steps back, um, think about for the listeners out there and the viewers out there, cells in your body, your body's made of billions of cells. A cell would be kind of like uh, a water balloon. It should be very pliable and soft and squishy. And the rubber membrane of the balloon would be the membrane of the cell. And that membrane of every cell in our body is made of fats, actually. So if we're eating too many unhealthy fats like trans fats, that membrane becomes very rigid and solid. It makes it hard to get nutrients into the cell and hard to get toxins out of the cell. So you can have lots of vitamins floating around in your bloodstream, but if they're not getting into the cell, because that's where all the work gets done is inside of the cell, they do you no good. And so some of the good healthy fats that can help make that membrane more loose and more pliable and more squishy are omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA. That's a big one for the brain and uh, nervous system, for the health of the brain and nervous system. And then other kinds of healthy fats like coconut oil, avocado oil, there's lots of healthy fats that we can use. So making simple diet changes over the long run can have a good effect on your brain. And then we could say conversely, if you're not making those diet changes, that's going to have a detrimental effect on your brain health too. Yeah. And there's something very common in hair mineral analysis. I'm big on hair mineral analysis is when people have really high levels of calcium on their hair test when it's over about 65, most people are over a hundred. The same thing can happen with calcium where you have this cell where if you have too much calcium reducing cell permeability, same thing happens. Glucose can't get in and nutrients can't get in and toxins can't get out. So mm-hmm. all you guys sucking down that calcium, like it's going down, like it's going out of style, <laughs> you might want to rethink that strategy because it's, it's not always the best for every person. Everyone's different. Uh, but exactly. I think most people don't need a ton of calcium. They're getting way too much. You're right. Most people need more magnesium. Yes. Instead of the calcium. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. magnesium is the boss of calcium. It tells calcium where to go. So I, exactly. I absolutely agree with you. Exactly. So so what are some of the specific symptoms that would tell you that your brain needs help? Okay, so that's a good question too and one that I get a lot. So usually with fatigue, usually the first question I'll ask my patient is, if you can rate your energy, so you listeners and viewers do this right now. If you could rate your energy from zero to 10, zero is no energy at all. And 10 is your batteries are in full charge. How would you rate your energy day in and day out? And I would say if you're rating yourself at eight or higher, that's great. But lower than that, you have some level of fatigue and probably some level of brain involvement too. But other, so other signs of specific brain involvement. So as you know, Wendy, there's four major brain chemicals in the body. So we have serotonin. That's the most popular one that people hear about. Serotonin, dopamine, acetylcholine, and GABA. So um, let's see. I have, I have some notes on my computer here so I can remember all of the little intricacies yeah. of these different neurotransmitters. So acetylcholine would be... You have an imbalance of acetylcholine, you would have that typical senior moment kind of a feeling where you forget where you put your keys, you're forgetting directions, uh, just tending to lose things, even forgetting words. Those are all small, subtle signs of acetylcholine deficiency. And then 
A serotonin imbalance, again, serotonin when it's really low, that's usually what you feel as depression, but it's, it's on a spectrum here. So a little bit of a deficiency of serotonin might feel like just a loss of joy or you're not really getting joy from the things that you used to love to do. Yeah. And it makes you want to yeah. eat sugar and carbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Eating sugar and carbs actually helps uh, jack up your serotonin. Yeah. Uh, not enjoying friendships and relationships. Unable to fall into a deep, restful sleep could also be a sign of not enough serotonin in your brain. And uh, the next one we'll talk about is GABA. So uh, GABA calms down the body. So if you don't have enough GABA being made in your brain, you're going to feel anxious and panicky, um, having an inner sense of dread or doom, like for no apparent reason, that could definitely be a GABA imbalance. And just uh, feeling inner tension and just being a worrier, those could be signs of GABA deficiency. And then the last one is dopamine. And especially for people that... um, that work, have jobs, or entrepreneurs, dopamine uh, is the neurotransmitter that motivates us and rewards us. So when dopamine is out of balance, we're going to have a hard time motivating ourselves. We're going to be procrastinating. We're going to feel worthlessness or hopelessness, have a hard time handling stress. So those are, if you're, if you're, if any of those symptoms that I just said, you know, kind of reign true for you, you need to consider that maybe there's something going on with your brain health. And are you a big fan of amino acid replacement therapy to kind of uh, tweak the, the neurotransmitters and increase them or decrease them? I am. So uh, I... So I, I have a million things going through my head right now and they're not coming out of my mouth. Okay, so... <laughs> That might be acetylcholine. I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) I was going to say that I suffered with fatigue really bad after going uh, back to school and getting my second uh, doctor's degree. Um, And after graduation and passing my board exams, I had such fatigue. Like basically I slept 10 hours a night and I took a two hour nap every day. And I just thought I just need some extra sleep and my fatigue will just my fatigue will go away. My energy will just bounce right back. And that didn't happen. So I started treating myself with functional medicine. And as doctors, we're trained not to treat ourselves. So I like broke, broke the golden rule of don't treat yourself if somebody else treats you. I treated myself with functional medicine and I assessed my adrenals and my cortisol was really bad. So I treated that and I went on a gluten-free diet I did a stool test on myself and found parasites, treated those. And at every step, my energy got better and better. But it really wasn't until I addressed my brain that it just clicked right in. And like my brain was boing, all the neurons were firing again. It was like the light was bright again in my head. And I did that with using amino acids. So for me, that was a big part. That was like the gold nugget for the cure for my fatigue. But For other people, it's different because there's many different factors that are going on. But when I have patients that I suspect there's neurotransmitter imbalances, that is one of my tools that I'll often use is using different targeted amino acid therapies to try and regain some amount of balance within the brain. Yeah. And uh, do you do what kind of neurotransmitter testing do you do? So, So there are pros and cons to neurotransmitter testing. And 
So one way, and I talk about this in the book, is it's called MTO, testing or monoamine transporter optimization analysis. And it's using urine testing to try and figure out the balance between serotonin and dopamine. So one of the problems with neurotransmitter testing is what we don't, there's not a way to really test what's going on in the brain. I mean, we can't access that and it would be harmful to like do a biopsy of the brain. So there's no direct access to the brain chemistry and we have neurotransmitters within our digestive tract too that are separate from the brain. So some forms of neurotransmitter testing I find work really well for patients and I could do the same testing on another group of patients and it doesn't do anything. So it's a little bit of, it's a very individual thing with functional medicine as to what's the right thing to do for the patient in front of me. So sometimes I'll go with uh, symptoms that they're having and if I feel like, oh, they need a little bit more support in dopamine, let's try that and see what happens. I'll do that. And if I suspect there's something more um, more lifelong going, like like some patients come in, Wendy, probably the same thing for you for your practice that they come in and they like had depression their entire life. Yeah. And you suspect like there's, there's probably a genetic factor going on. I'll start looking deeper into the genes and their methylation pathways. So there's many different ways to, to try and assess for neurotransmitters. And so there's functional tests, but then there's also just going on pure symptoms and trial and error. Yeah. And again, there's no direct, direct access to the brain. So and at least amino acid therapy is inexpensive and it's safe and you just have to work by trial and error. Um, but it's it can be yeah. incredibly profound for some people. Like even for myself, I yeah. realized I had a GABA deficiency. It just kind of dawned on me one day that I just I couldn't shut down at the end of the day. I thought I was just maybe stressed out and I started taking GABA and it was just a complete game changer for me. I just felt much more calm and mm-hmm. I, uh, I I slept through the, through the night, uh, which I'd been having problems with night waking and GABA for me was huge. So yeah, I find once you find the right, formula the right recipe it's like you can change a person's life but getting there can be a rough road yeah once you find it it's like it's amazing yeah and i take l-tyrosine as well um i think i have a little catecholamine or dopamine deficiency so i take a little tyrosine to kind of kick that up a notch too Mm -hmm. and i a lot of people that crave sugar any kind of substance abuse uh they're eating a lot of sugar or smoking cigarettes drinking alcohol drug addiction they're looking for dopamine. They have dopamine deficiency. So I've had a history of alcoholism in my family. So I figured I probably have low dopamine, just a genetic issue. So I take some tyrosine to help with that. And it works. It helps. Yeah, you, you bring up a great point because a lot of people struggle with some amount of addiction. And again, that's on a spectrum. You could have a hard uh, diagnosable addiction or you could just have such strong cravings for carbs or or chips or whatever. Yeah. So I've had patients where they feel like they have food addictions, they have shopping addictions. I mean, addictions could come in any different shape or form. It doesn't necessarily have to be like foods or drugs or alcohol. But if you feel like you have an addiction, even like an addictive personality, you have to consider that you could definitely have a dopamine deficiency. And it, it helps tremendously. I've had, I remember one patient that came in uh, to my private practice. And she said, she said, Dr. Carey, 
I feel like I'm addicted to potato chips. And I said, okay, like, like addicted or like addicted. Like if you have a bag in your house, you can't eat just one. You just like blow through the entire bag. She's like, I blow through the entire bag. Like I, I have, it's terrible. Like, like it's, it's an all consuming addiction. So I said, okay. So one of the things we did was we, uh, I gave her increasing amounts of tyrosine to help bring up her dopamine levels. And it just, stopped it completely. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the, the changes, little tweaks you can make that have yeah. such a profound effect on your, your life and your behavior and your personality. It's amazing mm-hmm. what supplement therapy can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us a few things, a little a few tips for the listeners that they can use to keep their brain sharp and focused. Okay. So, um, one thing to do is make sure you're getting good sleep, really good sleep. So, the Centers for Disease Control, or the CDC in the U.S., considers uh, sleep deprivation as a public health epidemic at this point. Don't they consider it a carcinogen, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I think what they define as uh, sleep deprivation was getting six hours or less at night. And what's really considered an ideal amount of sleep is between seven and a half and nine hours of sleep. So Getting good sleep. So one of the simple tricks that I tell patients that works pretty much across the board is to wear an eye mask at night because we can have a little bit of light uh, creeping creeping in around our windows. We can have the light from our... Um, from our alarm clock, the light from different electronic gadgets, all of those tiny little, little sources of light will uh, blunt your melatonin production and and it prevents you from really getting deep sleep. So wearing a simple eye mask um, might not give you more hours of sleep, but it'll give you deeper sleep. And yeah. just doing that, I've had a lot of patients, they come in, they're like, holy cow, Dr. Carey, my energy is so much better. I'm not sleeping more, but I'm sleeping better. That was huge for me too. I, I always used to make fun of my first husband because he always wore an eye mask. And I thought, why do you need that, sissy boy? Um, but <laughs> but I, I yeah. started to wear one and it was it was amazing. I could not believe how much better I slept. And I, I find when I don't use it that I, I wake up in the middle in, at night. I have more night waking issues and I wake up earlier because that light that penetrates through your opaque, uh, you know, uh, uh, eye, eye skin, eyelids. <laughs> it <laughs> penetrates through there. And I need some, uh, some acetylcholine as well. Um, but it penetrates uh, through, your, through your lids and it wakes you up. That's the perp- That's why you have a thin eyelid skin. Yeah. Okay, so that's one tip. I guess the second tip uh, would be doing a little bit of meditation. So meditation, watching your breathing while you're doing meditation helps get more oxygen up to your brain. Um, Plus, it's just very common and relaxing, which can help your GABA levels and which can help your hormone levels as well. So very simple meditation that I teach my patients to do. Actually, I have them do this uh, when they're in my office getting acupuncture because that's another tool that I use. So while they're laying on the table with their needles in, I'll have them, every time they take a deep breath in, I'll have them imagine their favorite color coming in and just flooding their body all the way to their fingertips and their toes. And they'll hold their breath and then they'll breathe out. And as they breathe out, I'll have them imagine a color that they hate going out or just blackness going out. So it's like you're breathing in good energy and you're breathing out bad energy. 
And just doing that for five or 10 minutes can really help get a lot more oxygen up into your brain and just help with uh, balancing the different hormones within your body, especially cortisol. Yeah. And so, uh, so uh, what are three tips that listeners can start doing today to, to help with their, their brain health and their fatigue? Okay. So I guess one could be um, eating better make sure you're getting enough protein in your diet. So in general, uh, the amount of protein you need, so you weigh yourself, cut that number in half, whatever that number is, is the grams of protein you should be eating at a minimum. So if you weigh 160 pounds, at a minimum, you should be getting 80 grams yeah, of protein yeah. a day. I, I didn't know you were testing me. <laughs> I'm testing you. Yeah, at a minimum. Yeah. And it's, it's quite telling, you know, to just kind of uh, take the last three days of your diet, you know, write it all out, everything that you ate. And uh, you could very easily just use the internet and type in, like, I'll do this with patients and I'll teach them how to use Google as their tool. And they'll type in how much protein is in a chicken breast and bam, a number pops up. Yeah. And so you can kind of estimate how much protein you're getting. And if you're not eating enough, you know that that's part of what, what you need to do to help your brain. The well, second I have, one, I have one question. Can you get sure. enough protein if you're vegetarian or vegan? Oh, wow, Wendy. <laughs> I would say no. It makes but... <laughs> it harder. So, yeah. so one of the things is a lot of vegetarians and vegans are carbivores. Yeah. They just... They eat way too many carbs and they're not eating like a healthy vegetarian or vegan should. So if they're doing everything right, theoretically, they should have enough protein, theoretically. The reality is a lot of times they're just not getting enough protein. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you you sent me a curveball there. Okay, so protein. Okay, the second one is... um, hydration, make sure you're drinking enough water. So again, if you take your body weight as it is now, divide it in half, that's how many ounces of water you should be drinking every day. So if we take that 160 pound person, they should be drinking 80 80. ounces of water every day. And a cup of water or a glass of water is roughly eight ounces. So most people need eight to 10 glasses of water in Canada, we we do it by liters, so it's like between two and three liters a day. And uh, again, you could simply put all of those glasses out on your desk or in the kitchen. You know, if you work from home, if you're at the office, you know, bring in your your bottles and just make sure that by the end of the day, you finish off all that water. You're going to be peeing a lot initially if you're not used to that. But it can really, really help the health of your brain, and I mean the health of your entire body. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, protein and water. And then the last thing I would say is um, healthy fats. So we talked a little bit about earlier about the having squishy, uh, soft uh, cell membranes. So getting enough healthy fats in your diet. I think people in general are, are really terrified of eating fat like we've been brainwashed to think like fat is bad stay away from it but healthy fats are a necessity 
And you've heard of, you've heard of, I know you've heard of, Wendy, of um, the omega-3 fatty acids. They're considered essential fatty acids. And essential means you have to get them from your diet. Your body cannot make them. So you have to get them from your diet. And if you're not, your body's going to suffer. So the omega-3 fatty acids like from uh, fatty fish, fish oil, that's what I take because I cannot stand eating fish. (laughs) EPA and DHA. And then there's the other healthy oils like flaxseed oil, walnut oil, um, coconut oil, um, avocado. That was the other one. Butter. I really need to help my brain. We love butter. Yeah. Grass fed butter has a lot of good stuff. I have a, I made this, I call it my uh, super brain energy smoothie. And what I do is I take two big handfuls of organic spin, organic spinach, and I shove that in my Nutribullet. And I put in three raw organic eggs because that's a lot of protein right there. And that's a lot of uh, choline to help build acetylcholine. And I'll put in a couple of tablespoons of ghee, which is clarified butter, organic, grass-fed. And then I'll put in a couple of tablespoons of coconut oil. I'll put in a couple of tablespoons of some kind of nut butter. So that could be uh, peanut butter or almond butter, or I really love sun butter. And then I'll put in a tablespoon and a half of raw cacao powder, half a cup of frozen blueberries, a little bit of coconut water, blitz that up. Tastes like a chocolate milkshake. Mm. I mean, some people, as soon as I say the raw eggs, they just yeah. like shut right down. <laughs> what are you talking about, Carrie? That is nuts. Yeah. But the patients that do this, they're like, oh my gosh, Dr. Carrie, that tastes so good. And my God, I don't have to eat like all day long. I'm satisfied all day long. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of healthy fats in there. There's a lot of good protein in there. And a lot of, well, you've got the the blueberries and the spinach, which are both considered superfoods. So that's my basic recipe for my super brain energy smoothie. Mm. Well, thank you. Yes. Wendy, I think you should try it out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I will. I'm trying to reduce my oxalates, so maybe I'll skip the spinach, but I'll do the other stuff too. (laughs) I guess you could swap it out with something else. Yeah, I can swap it out. Yeah, for sure. Some lettuce or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, well, thank you so much for those tips. I I think it's uh, really important. People have to take care of their brains and they have to Mm -hmm. understand why their brain might, might not be working so well. Um, so can you tell the listeners a, a little bit about what you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? It's a, a question I like to ask all of my guests. Oh, my gosh. What is the most pressing issue about health today? Yeah. I'm going to say apathy. Mm. That is the most pressing issue. It's mindset. I think uh, most people, they don't value their health. They don't take responsibility for their health. And they because they don't do those two things, they they just don't care about their health. They don't put it as a priority than like the number one priority should be taking care of your having good health. And I think that really is the core of where all of these different diseases are coming from. Because if you're taking good care of your health, I mean, it's your most precious asset. You could prevent a ton of diseases just by having the mindset of putting your health first. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. I love that answer because I think a lot of people think it's not going to happen to them, that they're not yeah. going to get a disease or whatnot. And you yeah. have to start thinking about your health before you get sick. You, mm-hmm. you have to because the chances are pretty good. The statistics are there all over the internet. One in two is going to get diabetes. One in three is going to get cancer. It just goes on and on and on and on. Your chances of getting a disease are really high uh, depending on your genetic susceptibility and your diet and lifestyle that turn on and off those genes. So I absolutely agree mm-hmm. with you. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, doctor, uh, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Can you tell the listeners a little bit uh, you know, more about you and your website and if, how they can work with you, et cetera? Oh, sure. So, wow, I've got a lot of websites. I've got my website for my private practice and a website for my book. But I guess my home base, the best place to find me would be at drcurry.com. And that's spelled D-R-C-A-R-R-I.com. And that's where you can find me my podcast, my blog, uh, soon will be coming Dr. Carrie TV. And my most recent program that I'm working on, and you touched on it at the top of the show, is my entrepreneurial fatigue program. So I think fatigue affects a lot of people. Entrepreneurs especially, I really feel like small business owners and entrepreneurs are the backbone of our economy, of our world's economy, not just Canada and the U.S., but of our world's economy. So whatever we can do to help an entrepreneur's brain function better so that they can find the next big breakthrough, they can find creative solutions to problems, um, anything like that, I think that like I said, is the backbone of our economy. So that's the newest program that I'm working on, and that should be coming out within the next one to two months. Okay. Yeah, that's really, really interesting to have a health program specific for entrepreneurs. I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, they don't take, they're just like everybody else. They tend to not take care of their health. You know, they get get stressed, they're overworked. Um, They get busy, busy, busy. You know, they're burning the candle at both ends. And so- just like everybody else, you know, the, the diet tends to fall to the wayside. The exercise tends to fall to the wayside. So yeah. you can never shut off your brain. I yeah. mean, you know what that's like, Wendy. <laughs> I know exactly what that's, what that's like. I have got we to, both I have know. to work really hard to shut my brain off. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it promotes adrenal fatigue. It's, it's very, very difficult to heal mm-hmm. adrenal fatigue when you love your work and you're working all the time. I think it's a, a very good program that you have. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And listeners, you can find me at liveto110.com. You can find my healing and detox program at mineralpower.com and my own online health program called bodybiorehab.com. That's launching May 1st. Hopefully, if I'm lucky, if I can work 16 hours a day. (laughs) and get my brain nice and fatigued, bringing this wonderful health program uh, out to you. And thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.